Welcome to Dome Dog Podcast. I'm your host, Matt DeBritz, and Sunday, Syracuse defeats Drexel 75-60. First half, Drexel came out shooting a lot of threes. That was their MO. They're a good three-point shooting team. They made seven out of 17. Second half, they cooled off, shooting three for 10. But Drexel led it to half 33-32. They came out top of the second half, first possession. Ocruz, three-pointer. Went halfway down for Drexel and came out. Cole Swatter came on the other side. He had a three-pointer, and Syracuse kind of off to the races, going on a 16-6 run in four and a half minutes, and they really never looked back after that. The Bayheim brothers had another good showing. Buddy with 23 points. Jimmy with 14, so 37, half of Syracuse points. Joseph Gerard continues to look good. He's 8 for 8 from three-pointer this season. He is 3 for 3 versus Drexel. He's got 12 assists and four turnovers so far in two games. Just compared to last year, he had shot three for 15 from three in the first two games and had six assists and six turnovers. So much better in the first two games. Syracuse fans like that. When I did the preview of the game, when I did the preview of the Drexel game, I, I said I wanted to see a few things from Syracuse. One was the pressure. I wanted to see... Full court pressure against Drexel. I think it was a perfect game to try it. No dice. No press. Coincidentally, Drexel did press Syracuse at times. They pressed him at the end of the game and the game was out of reach, almost just to practice it. And Simir Torrance did not do well with the press. So other Syracuse teams that are going to play Syracuse coming up may look at that and say, we need to pressure Torrance. I think it's interesting that Drexel worked on it just to work on it because the game was out of reach. But Syracuse... At any point could have worked on it. They've got the players. They've got depth. Might as well try it because you know there's going to be a game coming up where they need to do it. I guess I'm going to have to wait for a game where Syracuse goes behind. The other thing I wanted to see was Jesse Edwards be more aggressive, get more rebounds, block more shots, talk more smack. He achieved the more blocks and more smack because he had four blocks in that game. He was doing a little finger wave, kind of like Kevin Mutombo did back in the day for Georgetown, or if you want to say the Houston Rockets, he got more popular. Kind of crazy that a Syracuse player imitating a Georgetown player, but it's 2021. Things happen like this. Anyway, he needs to get more rebounds, though. He only had four rebounds in the game. He shot four for four in the field, takes easy shots, played 21 minutes. Beheim was pleased with his production after the game. Hit in Frank Aslam. The other center who came in, played 16 minutes, three for four shooting. He had six rebounds, no blocks. So out of the center position, Syracuse got 14 points, 10 rebounds. And four blocks, and only one missed shot. Beheim said after the game he'd take that any day of the week for the setter position. I also wanted to see Benny Williams get more touches, be more aggressive. This wasn't the case in this game. He didn't get in until almost 10 minutes into the game. He had no rhythm. He scored no points. He did have a really sick block, which I posted on the Facebook page. No question is athletic, but I want to know how his psyche is. The Benny Williams situation is an interesting one to me because. He was highly touted, heard all about him in the offseason. When you go online, yeah, those videos are impressive, but you can't tell what he'll actually do in college until he gets there. And I didn't watch the two preseason games that were an exhibition because I just didn't see much value in it. I watched bits and pieces of it, little clips. So when I watched the Lafayette game and I saw Benny Williams wasn't in the starting lineup and Jimmy Beheim and Cole Swarter were in the starting lineup, I was a little surprised. Not because those guys don't deserve it or aren't good players. 
I just thought Benny Williams would be in there just because of who he was. Obviously, I was wrong. Jim Beheim thinks that those two guys deserve to start more than him. And just watching the first two games, he's got Benny Williams has no rhythm. And if a guy's been a, a first option his whole life and he comes in and has to adjust to six man, it's tough. And I wonder, would it have been more beneficial to start Williams instead of one of those two guys? I think Jimmy, whenever he comes in, he's going to bring the energy. So it could have worked out okay there. I think Swider, I'm not really sure about him either. I think he's a good player. He definitely does a lot of things on the court. So I, I personally want to start at Benny Williams just to give him that mental boost. I know Jim Beheim has done this in the past with guys almost like in an understudy role. You know, some that think of in recent history, Deion Waiters, he came in. You know, he played 16 minutes a game his freshman year, 6.6 points per game, 41% shooting, 24.1 minutes per game his second season, sophomore year, 12.6 points per game, 52% from the field. He was sixth man of the year the second season. He was a first-round pick by Cleveland. He's not in the NBA anymore, but the fact is he didn't play that much as a freshman. Sophomore year, played, got drafted. Michael Carter-Williams, same situation, 10.3 minutes per game, 2.7 points per game, 2.1 assists. Second season, 35.2 minutes, 11.9 points, 7.3 assists. Most improved player in the Big East his sophomore year. Drafted by Philadelphia, rookie of the year, not in the NBA anymore. But again, two guys pretty recently didn't play as freshmen, came in, did their time, so to speak. Their sophomore year were improved a ton, got drafted. And the story, Jim Beham can say, just look at these two guys. The difference is, to me, in Benny Williams and those other two guys, Deion Waiters had Scoop Jardine and Brandon Trish to compete with, guys who were established already, and same with Michael Carter-Williams. You know, he had Deion Waiters and, and Brandon Trish to compete with. So Benny Williams is competing against transfer guys that maybe he wasn't counting on coming in or being that good. So the situation is a little bit different. Hit me up on the Facebook page and... Let's get a discussion going about Benny Williams. You know, will he turn out to be good? Will he just be a bench player and one of these guys who's a high recruit and never really amounted to much? I want to hear from you. I did like on Sunday night how people were engaging with me after the game. Speaking of the Facebook page, Myrick Galecki posted a nice picture on there. He was at the game against Drexel. His son Michael asked Jesse Edwards for a picture. Jesse obliged. It's on the Facebook page. Check it out. Jesse Edwards is another interesting case, and he's definitely a case of a guy who just stuck with it because really he started playing last year out of necessity. You know, Sidibe was hurt. Syracuse needed a center. They were getting killed inside. And he kind of made his way into a lot of impact. But just looking at him this year, the confidence is just there. And his first two seasons, he had 18 blocks total in 39 games. In two games so far, he has seven. I mean, that's improvement right there. Beheim said last year he's not ready to play. People were questioning that. He's not ready to play. He's definitely ready to play this year. So Benny Williams can look right down the bench and see Jesse and say, all right, well, you know, he didn't really play at all. And look at him now. Yes, different level expectation for Jesse Edwards than there is probably for Benny Williams because Jesse Edwards is not a high recruit coming out of high school. Earlier I mentioned Gerard and how good he's been playing. I think... If he wants to be a true leader on this team, the second Benny Williams gets in the game against Colgate, he's got to throw him an oop or a good pass for him to make an easy basket. That will change his perspective. So we'll see how that all plays out. 
Benny Williams, playing time, his psyche, how Gerard can help it. Looking forward to it on Saturday against Colgate. The Colgate game is on ESPN ACC Extra, which is an alternate channel on ESPN's app or ESPN Plus. ESPN Plus is pretty affordable at $6.99 a month, so it might be worth it just to pay for it. But if you live locally, I'm looking on the schedule right here. It says tickets low as $6. And from seeing the first two games, there's plenty of open seats, so you probably could pay 6 bucks and move your way down. Let me know if you do that. Send me some pictures. I want to see that. I always like when people get in the games and get to upgrade their seats, especially at the Dome. That's all I have for the Dome Dog Podcast today. Just got one sponsor to pay off, and I'm going to say goodbye. Dome Dog Podcast is brought to you by Options Players. We teach our team to learn, then earn. And actually, the CEO of Options Players, Steve Platt, is part of our membership group on the Facebook page. I'm sure if you ask him, he'll give you some sort of discount for being a Syracuse fan in a Dome Dog Podcast group. I will have a more extensive Colgate preview later in the week. Until then, talk to you next time. Thanks for listening to the Dome Dog Podcast, now available on Spotify, Amazon Music slash Audible, and Podbean. Please join the Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash domedog.com. That's D-O-M-E-D-A-W-G. Thanks for joining me. Come on, Cuse!